Rachel? Yes, Andy. Taryn? Yes, Andy. What's the best thing you ever saw? Hello and welcome back to Best Thing I Ever Saw, where we savor and digest a cinematic taste test of a seasonal genre. And we want to thank uh, Dylan Stratton for our theme song and, and uh, Leah Serdarian for our artwork. Iconic. Hi. Iconic. I'm Rachel. I'm Andy. And we have a special guest this time around. Yeah, Sam is on vacation this week. And going into this week's project, I thought... You know, I, like I called out to the the fairy podcast mother, the fairy pod mother, <laughs> and I said, "Who fairy pod mother? Who's got giant clanking balls for a horror episode?" <laughs> you said your friend Tarid. I called her up, famous craft enthusiast. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, diehard listeners will know that Sam has declared that he would never do a horror episode so we brought in a ringer in the this is not a ringer podcast but we brought in a ringer in the form of taryn our friend i was being nice and saying he was on vacation no well anyone who's listened to the pod would know what they would see him in holding a surfboard and wearing a hawaiian shirt the next in the next episode Okay, so let's get into it. Is there anything we want to add about Taryn and how amazing she is and why she's here? But we'll talk about your specific, anything we want to add about that, Andy? Well, it's integral to my genre journey. If okay, you're fair of, enough. Yeah. So we're going to get into our genre journeys, which are also apparently going to be Taryn journeys. Um, I'm here for this. So, <laughs> so our a genre journey, mine with the horror genre, is I don't really like horror movies that much. Um, I didn't watch them growing up at all. I distinctly remember when The Ring came out when I was in sixth grade, and everyone was talking about these phone calls and this videotape, and I was like, this sounds terrible. I don't want to be a part of this. I saw some pretty pulpy horror movies, like the um, some babysittery one. I know I've done, I've forgotten the name of this like a thousand times when I was in high school, and didn't really like them. And then Andy and I met fourteen years ago, seven years ago, however long it was, and we went through early in our meeting. We kind of did like a classic horror binge of like Poltergeist and exorcist and halloween and that fizzled and then <laughs> i don't know I, I watched hereditary one time and cried and convinced myself that i would never watch another horror movie ever again and now here we are and i've watched more in the past three two months than i probably have in my life collectively so that's it's still not my favorite genre at all but I've grown to appreciate it. So that's my journey. Andy? Yeah, Rich, thanks for bringing that up. A lot of push-pulling in 
in 2000, 2001, when the ring came out, that was a hard time for a lot of people. <laughs> um, you know, this is my moment. I feel like I was, I was made for this episode. And uh, I hope you got a nice beverage, comfortable chair as I unravel for you my genre, my genre journey. I got into this a little bit back in the, in the teen comedy episode in the sense that this is, I don't, I don't know if there's like a more formative movie genre that you, that is imprinted on you when you're a kid. And this is probably lost to some extent for our current generation or you know, not our generation, but for like current children where they don't have a video store to walk the aisles of, but yeah, you know, I was, like creepy pasta now, like horror is a very different thing for kids. And I guess like the iTunes landing page, I guess, sort of, but that just doesn't do it justice. Um, but, but growing up, um, you know, within spinning distance of half a dozen video stores, it was just ritual on a Friday night to post up at the horror section. Of course, not actually to rent anything for the longest time, but just to, to marvel at all of the, um, the VHS covers, things like uh, Child's Play 2 with Chucky holding the like uh, crop shears um, over the jack-in-the-boxes like <laughs> neck and uh, Monkey Shines, which is a George, I didn't, I forgot that was a George Romero movie. Oh my God. Um, but Monkey Shines, the, 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 you've maybe seen it with like the, like the monkey from Toy Story 3. Before he hit it big with Toy Story 3, he was um, the monkey in Monkey Shines. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's sort of, I, I, I think to me, horror and growing up with horror is this sort of balance of being just fascinated by it while being terror terrorized by it and getting to at some point some level of accomplishment with with having uh you know endured a viewing of you know what what have you i um you know spent my childhood being scared to death of Reagan as possessed um, from The Exorcist and Freddy Krueger. I spent my childhood just being scared to death of Reagan. No, I'm joking. <laughs> and joke. <laughs> and uh, it made that push pulling especially hard for you when you were in sixth grade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and Chucky, which is a little embarrassing to say, but I just, yeah, I think when you when you grow up surrounded by that stuff, you 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 kind of. I don't feel like you actually did something when you finished the movie, opposed to other genres like that. Um, and I think, at least in terms of the movies on our list, the first movie I ever saw from our list was Scream, probably when I was in sixth grade. <laughs> um, maybe a little bit too early, but that, that was really the start of it all for me, and I just sort of went wild from there. And um, not a lot of slasher films. I feel like I'm infringing on Justify My List. Not a lot of slasher films on the list. Um, part of that is to, um, you know, lay a good base for future content. Um, but, you know, like, like most, you know, preteen teenage boys, once a week, you know, we were getting Slumber Party Massacres, Massacre on Sorority Row, The Burning, um, you know, anything that had, like... Uh, you know, on the cover, a uh, a babysitter or something, um, which is you know very 
Scream is very indebted to that, to that trope and idea. And Rachel, you've seen the pamphlet of my get to know you all about yes. me created on a computer in, in sixth grade where I say, uh, when I grow it's an up, iconic artifact. When I, when I grow it's up, iconic. I want to be, <laughs> when out. I grow up, I want to be a director like Wes Craven. And then my favorite color is orange. Look, there's two things you need to know about me. <laughs> my favorite color is orange. And when I grow up, I want to be a director like Wes Craven. Is there anything more early aughts than a boy <laughs> saying that his favorite color is orange? I'm sorry. There is nothing. That was like the era of like the head to toe, like cargo orange yeah. uniform for boys. Had the orange tech vest. Oh God, had the sorry. orange, like... I'm sure he had organ, yeah, orange like cargo the pockets pants. Had, yeah, the pockets had pockets. They had, like, <laughs> really inane drawstrings on them. The legs zip off. <laughs> yeah. So welcome to the best cargo shorts they ever wore. <laughs> We're talking about our cargo short genre journey. <laughs> when I feel like every... To, to, to get to the end of this journey... <laughs> I... Uh, yeah. But no, I, Rachel acknowledged this a little bit. I feel like most most men, or at least the the two whose like dating lives I've been audience to um, in my adult life, have like a movie that they they sit their partner down to watch for like like a, a few weeks into the relationship. Um, and on multiple occasions, I have ceremoniously <laughs> played the Exorcist um, for for female guests. Uh, sometimes there's a there's a home run pizza involved bottle of wine homemade salad to the yeah to the not homemade but you know what i mean um but yeah taryn you and i have seen I, I don't would you count the lighthouse we've seen two two horror movies in theaters together um so I knew yeah. you were up to the task. <laughs> I love the distinction of horror movie in a theater versus horror movie at home. I feel like that's like, mm. the fact that that has stuck around into my adulthood is like an acceptable thing that people will like, a lie that they will draw makes me very happy. It's the people that have that distinction. Like, Taryn, do you feel like there is there any movie that you wouldn't want to see in a theater? No, it's funny because I prefer seeing horror movies in theaters. Um, because you get to leave, like you get to separate yourself from like the scene of the crime. Well, no, because I, I want to see and hear other people's reactions to it. Cause I feel like um. I don't necessarily react in the way that the movies are, are hoping for their audiences to react. That's not surprising. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so, so like, being able to see and like other people's slightly more maybe normed emotional experience makes you yeah um i mean i think back to seeing the first it not the the made for tv version but the the most recent it but not it too whatever year that came out and i was I was excited to see it. I liked the original. I wanted, I wanted to be freaked out by it. And it didn't really happen. 
until he does the creepy little dance. We've talked about this before, but that's the that's the moment that creeped me out while everybody else is scared of all the jump scares and all that stuff. But so I, I don't know, maybe it makes me feel that I am like superior in a sense that I'm able to. Sense of accomplishment. Yeah. Well, that just fascinates me. I, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit with Justify My List, but it's, I mean, because it's a little stacked, right? Um, you know, there's, there's certain things deliberately removed. There's nothing too overwhelmingly, at least for me, that scares me on the list. And I mean, I think that It movie is pretty, I, I, I really like it. It's pretty terrifying. I would maybe have some regrets about not putting it on the list. I knew Rachel, I probably could not get Rachel to watch it. Um, I had to sit down before I watched it and surgically watch a YouTube video that's like every scary moment in it so you don't have to be scared. Uh, and it really helped, but I can't imagine having seen that first one in theaters. We saw, famously, the second <laughs> one, the second one together in theaters. And there's like two scary moments in that that got me. Um, but damn, yeah, that first one is... It's really good. Yeah, so, it was really good. Taryn, what would do you have any like thing to say about like the beginning of your genre journey? Like your the take your us introduction? back. Take, take you us back, back to Duluth. Oh, I won't. I won't. <laughs> I won't put that on you. Um, no, I feel like so my like I think that I'm the only one in my family that really enjoys watching horror movies. We weren't a family that like went out to movie theaters and. Um, and that sort of a thing we were, we would rent them kind of like what Andy was saying. And I would, um, generally I would, you know, wander down the, the aisle of horror movies and wish that somebody else in my family would want to watch these with me. <laughs> um, so I didn't really watch a lot of, a, a lot of horror movies until maybe like sophomore, junior year in high school when. Netflix was a thing and you could have them mail DVDs to your home. <laughs> and um, so for me, it's, it mostly started with books. So I distinctly remember reading the Amityville horror on the bus mm -hmm. to and from middle school. <laughs> um, and then like I read The Shining when I was really young, like younger than I should have been reading it for sure, but like my parents didn't care what the hell I was reading. Um, and I, I think the first movie that I saw actually was The Blair Witch Project, accidentally. <laughs> um, Somebody accidentally on I, purpose. Woof. <laughs> well, no, I I told this to Andy a while ago, but um, I was at a friend's house, and um, I don't know what the situation was, but their parents accidentally purchased it on pay per view, <laughs> and so we just all sat and watched the Blair Witch Project at you know two o'clock in the afternoon, and I was just was mesmerized by it, but. Um, and then, yeah, in like sophomore year of high school, I went on this kind of horror movie kick and really wanted to watch all of the, the classic older ones and watch The Exorcist. It scared the living shit out of me and I didn't watch it again until this. <laughs> um, I know. And then watching it again, I was like, why, why was I? Yeah, it's not that scary. No, it really is not. <laughs> um, and 
yeah, so I mean, for me, it was a lot of reading the stories beforehand and then eventually watching the movies. Weird question, Taryn. I feel like every teenage girl has like something that they read that feels like a little bit scandalous and they're like, you know, like getting close to adulthood. For me, it was like, go ask Alice and like the lovely bones and stuff. It was all these like, like scary, like rapey things. For you, it was, it was horror. Yeah. I mean, it's fascinating. It's, it definitely wasn't something that my friends were reading. Right. Yeah. So that's interesting. And I was just always intrigued by, um, kind of like the supernaturally ones. Not, I, I have never read Twilight though. Let's get that straight. <laughs> it's like um, after our time a little bit. True. But um, yeah, there's things that have like an element of um, could, like, it's based on a true story, but who knows if this is something that actually happened. Um, mm. That sort of stuff mm. always intrigued me. Yeah, totes. Okay. Great. These are exciting journeys. I, I don't think we've ever had people at such you know, for rom-coms, it's like, oh, I like rom-coms. Okay. Like, you know, we've never had such different and like emotionally stacked genre journeys. So I find this very fascinating. Um, let's talk about defining terms as to what is horror and what is not. This is kind of iffy, weirdly. Um, I think that, I mean, because the, the genre has changed so much. I mean, I guess that's true of like a lot of our genres. Um, that like, you know, someone making a horror movie today has so much, a different reference point than when Hitchcock made Psycho, right? As to like, what are conventions of the genre and like, what goes into this slot? Um, obviously like trying to be scary is a big part of that. And now that has turned into a lot of like, there has to be X number of jump scares, um, but I don't think that that's always been the case. I don't know. I feel like in this selection, we need to talk about sort of where the li- there's a line where like the horror genre begins, essentially, um, as we know it in modern times. And maybe we can discuss where that line is. But watching all these over, it's very clear to me that like, oh, like Carrie and Psycho and even The Shining are kind of like trying to be a part of a different conversation than something like drag me to hell or, you know, um, any of the, you know, scream or anything like that. So I think that there's kind of like two genres, two terms almost that we're dealing with here. Anyone else have thoughts on that? I don't want to betray future content okay. by getting too far into the weeds. No, no. I mean, there's some, there's some interesting, um, just sort of movie debates. You know, is Jaws a horror movie? Yeah. Is Alien a horror movie? A lot of people um, said so. More people doing research. A lot of people say that that huh. some of the scariest moments in all movie history are in Alien. I was looking up stuff last night. Cram sesh. Cram sesh. Makes me wonder, like, what's the difference between a, a horror movie and a thriller then? Or, like, were those always a, like, synonymous? Or did they diverge at one point? Or I also think that there's, like, a difference between a horror movie and a scary movie. Like, I don't know that that's, I know that that's, like, a very specific thing. But, like, 
there's something like modern horror movies are like designed to terrorize you, yeah. you know? And I don't think Jaws is, I don't even think the exorcist is, you know what I mean? Like they're not, those are like designed to like fuck with you, but like the, the sort of like terrorizing, like vibe of modern horror movies, I think is kind of different. It's like the opposite of Big Sean. What? Oh, Big Sean doesn't fuck with you. <laughs> okay. I mean, I don't think we could define terms too, too uh, well without justifying the list. Should I do the song? Please do. Justify my list. Ooh, I was really off key. I apologize. <laughs> that, was, that was my like, worst justify my list. Justify my list of all time. So this is normally where Sam reads the list. Um, I've got it in my hand. Do you, if you have it nearby, Taryn, you're welcome to do the honors, but. I got you. Okay, good. Uh, Didn't know if you would have to fumble through No, tabs. I came prepared. <laughs> uh, so yeah, in chronological order, The Exorcist, Carrie, Suspiria, Halloween, The Brood, The Shining, An American Werewolf in London, the Evil Dead, Poltergeist, Evil Dead 2, Scream, The Blair Witch Project, The Ring, The Descent, Drag Me to Hell, The Conjuring, Get Out, A Quiet Place, Hereditary, and Us. Also Psycho. Oh, my bad. I didn't scroll up all the way. <laughs> Psycho's there, too. Psycho's there. <laughs> so okay. I'd, say, I'd say a pretty standard pretty like standard introduction to horror lists. There's nothing too out there. <laughs> There's nothing too, you know, like wild and underground like at all on here. Uh, you know, Martyrs isn't on here. Uh, Funny Games isn't on here. Um, famous things that scare the shit out of me that I refuse to watch aren't on here. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, the like list a continues. certain brand <laughs> that we don't see. like. Some major franchises are not on here that maybe some people would have qualms with. But I would say to them, hey, are you making future content for this brand? Your Nightmare on Elm Streets, your Friday the 13th, your Saws. Also, not Texas here. kind of regrets, some regrets. Um, you know, the list was so long. I called up Taryn one day and said, hey, can, how fast can you watch 20 horror movies? <laughs> and by the next day, I, I said, hey, how fast can you watch 21 horror movies? Um... <laughs> uh, Notice he did ask me that question. There's some, <laughs> some regret. I mean, there's, you know, there's certainly a, a Texas Chainsaw Massacre is worthy of, of the list, but maybe, um, you know, maybe that's coming. We got to do something next Halloween too, right? Yeah. But there are some, Best yeah, thing some I ever saw movies emissions. that Andy was too scared to put on the list. <laughs> hey, I'd, I'd, it's not a bad idea. Um, was I, I was going to say, Oh, only one sequel, and that's sort of by mistake and by the fact that Evil Dead 2 is kind of... Uh, is it a sequel? Is it like a remake to some extent? Um, also, great idea for a sequel to this episode. Halloween 2021 horror sequels. So, think about it. Yeah, I don't really have anything to add to the list. It's ex it was very thorough. Light on the 90s. I was kind of surprised by that because I feel like that's when... Well, we know what you want on it. 
What? What does Taryn want on it? The craft. (laughs) (laughs) There's also the obligatory things that we put on the list because they were on other lists, but then we watch them and none of us like them. Um, (laughs) So that always happens. There's always something we put on the list because it's on some vulture AFI, like best ever. Um, and then we watch it. We're like, what the heck? So it's always like, there's two classes of things. There's things that we've seen before that we thought deserved to be on the list and things that other people told us deserve to be on the list. Some of which we love and some of which were like our major head scratchers, but you can listen to previous pods for such, for such differentiation like that. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned that too. Cause like most of these episodes, it's like things, things that are pretty canonical, Psycho, The Exorcist, things that we cherish from our childhood, and like things that we wanted to get around to watching at some point. So when you're like, uh, or I guess it's not a slight on A Quiet Place. I hadn't seen A Quiet Place. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, maybe not on the Mount Rushmore of horror films, but uh, it was a good time. I enjoyed seeing it. <laughs> like just like when we did like in rom-coms when we watched the movie that was my favorite that i can't even remember the name of about last night one. no the uh, audrey hepburn one the oh, you heist. said rom-coms oh it wasn't rom-coms. Heist, it was what but said I meant heist. yeah 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 <laughs> it's like sometimes it'll work out where it'll be something on some list that we add and we love it a lot of times it's kind of a head scratcher so we have those two i like the bank job like the bank job I feel like oh, we, we already category. know what the what the bank job is of this one. I was gonna say new, yeah, new. That's a that's a new segment. Is the what bank, is the bank job of the list? Yeah, okay, good. I like good that. Job, bank, the bank we'll job. Good job, bank job. <laughs> we'll call it yeah the bank job award for <laughs> a, a movie we felt oh. obliged to watch because it was on a lot of internet lists and then hated. Hey, I got my 1967 one. Yep. <laughs> Uh. Okay. Next section. Uh, um, so we have a new category, but oh no, it seems like there's an interloper in hello. our podcast. <gasps> oh no. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Voiceless. It cries. Wingless flutters. Toothless bites. Mouthless mutters. Who are you and what have you done with Andy? I... Can you see me? No, I can't see you. I I can just hear your voice. Shit, is my camera off? (laughs) Hello. Which one of you is Shmoolies? I came to stump Shmoolies. You might be on mute. (laughs) Shmoolies isn't here. Who are you? I'm the invisible (laughs) (laughs) station. Take two, Sam. Take two. We're not doing that again. No, we're not doing that again. (laughs) I'm the (laughs) invisible. I'm the invisible stat man. What have you come to say? What's your purpose here? Why, thank you for asking. <laughs> it makes things a lot easier. 
I came to do two things. One. Who are they? <laughs> thank you. One. I came to stump your schmooly. <laughs> and to spread, to spread awareness of the invisible people's curse. What's the invisible people? I can't help you with the first thing because Shmuley's isn't here right now, but what's the invisible people's curse? Well, again, thank you for asking. <laughs> I'm a yes and kind of person, invisible stepman. It's a little known fact. <laughs> that the second born child of most NFL executives <laughs> are invisible peoples. Wait, so who's, who is your, your, who are your, who's your parent? Who are your parents? My name, <laughs> usually invisible stat man. My, my name is, most people know me when you see me the way I am now as Daniel Kraft. No Taryn, no relation. <laughs> my father is Bob Kraft, owner of the New England Patriots. Oh my gosh, Invisible Statman. What a, what a rich history and backstory you have. Yes. So again, <laughs> to reset, I want to stump the schmoolies, but also raise awareness. There aren't enough people who know about the invisible people's curse. Yes. I think that Bob Why Kraft's is a raven like a writing desk? Wow, you seem to have read a lot of Harry Potter, Invisible Statman. Also, I think that Bob Kraft's children really are the people that are suffering most. So thank you so much. Well, we actually live pretty nice lives, Invisible <laughs> Peoples. We just want our fair share. Too long I've done just PA work. <laughs> and light consulting. Too often, actual people who aren't invisible people play invisible people in films. Oh, I see where we're going with this. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Like that asshole Oliver <laughs> Jackson Cohen. I mean, it sounds like he's at least a member of the tribe, but not invisible. <laughs> Statman, do you have anything else you want to say to us? <laughs> Thank you for visiting. Sorry, it's actually that Sam offensive here. to me. It's invisible, Statman. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't. I'm not trying. This is not invisibility erasure here. This pod does not stand for that. So thank you for thank you for calling me in. Well, what um, I, <laughs> yes. Um, so invisible, Statman. Is there anything else you want to share with us? I'm sorry that Shmulis is not here to be stumped. Maybe next time. Well, you see. I'm a bit of a cinephile. 
Oh, that's a perfect podcast for you to be on then, Invisible Statman. I do. I've been going podcast to podcast and thought maybe it would help spread awareness. I went on Invisibilia. (laughs) (laughs) But as you can imagine, I didn't have a very good time. No. I thought finally a podcast for invisible peoples affected by the invisible curse. Mm, I'm sorry about that. Well, we, we want to be inclusive, Invisible Statman. So why don't you say what you wanted to say? <laughs> All right. Okay. What walks on four feet in the morning? To the answer be statistics about our movies? <laughs> movies. Ah. <Okay>. Yes. <laughs> I was in a movie. Really? I thought that that's good. It's progress. Needs to happen more. Mm-hmm. Have mm-hmm. you seen Marriage Story? Yes. Who are you in Marriage Story? I'm really just the Adam Driver character on Halloween. <laughs> when he's taking Charlie trick-or-treating. Wow. And Adam's a friend. He did me a favor there. He could have been in the Invisible Man costume. I was a PA, you know, on, on Marriage Story. And people are always saying, Invisible people, are they kind of like ghosts? We're not ghosts. <laughs> but we do enjoy a lot of the ghost privileges. Mm. It's, I think it's important that you recognize that. Good for you. I was a, yes. <laughs> This is kind of like, I was on WTF. Oh, what did Mark Merritt have to say to you? Well, he let me tell more of my stories. Oh, oh, are you implying that I'm not letting you tell your stories right now? Well, invisible stuff? <laughs> let me put it this way. This, it's no invisibilia. <laughs> As you know... I did some light PA work on the social network. Oh, really? That How was, was that? that? Well, that was thanks to Rooney. Mara. Her sister, an actual invisible woman. <laughs> second born. Mm. Their father, pretty high up at the New York Giants. <laughs> so when you see her playing Sue Storm in the Fantastic Four, that's the kind of opportunities we're asking for. Mm. But anyways, because invisible people are kind of like ghosts, I would keep swiping Rooney's seeded flatbread during craft <laughs> services time. No Tara, no relation there either. <laughs> And you know when, when Zuck is making face mash, he, that, he got that from me for my years at Invisible Harvard. 
One night, me and the boys, we thought, (laughs) what if we asked people who was hotter? Who's the hotter invisible woman? Sue Storm or Wonder Woman's legs when she flies the invisible jet? I wanted, and so that's what turned into Invisible Facebook? I don't do politics, sorry. Okay. <laughs> that's fair. You're just here to raise awareness, yes. right? Invisible yes. I really appreciate your, your uh, principles. Thank you. There is a house. One enters it blind and comes out seeing. What is it? I got nothing. Yeah, I don't know, Invisible Statman. What is it? I think I stumped the schmoolies. <laughs> sure, thank let's you, go thank with that. Thank you. You never saw me. You never saw me. Sam, we just want to make it pretty obvious when this is over so you could... You're Even before it's over, that's fine. Oh, Andy, you're back from the bathroom. Yeah, sorry. We had a very weird visitor. We really did. Wasn't really sitting well. It's kind of chilly in here. Yeah. Well, I feel like it I'll, wasn't this cold when. We'll tell you more about I it left. later. All right. Are we ready for stats? I think so. Mm-hmm. All right, let's do it. Twenty-one movies. Only one may leave. Um. Whew. All right. First, we got some firsts here, people. Nice. Uh, it's the first time the show has uh, watched a film that has won not one, but six Fangoria Chainsaw Awards. <laughs> <laughs> one of wow. them for, one of them including Best Kill. That goes to Hereditary. Uh, here's a question. Two of our 21 films were nominated for Razzies. <laughs> which, which two do you think they were? One's The Shining. Cram session. No, I knew that already. I knew that from listening <laughs> to another competing podcast. Um, and I don't know what the other one is. The Ring? Taryn, your thoughts? And, yeah, I, got, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the shi- yeah, Shining was nominated but did not win Worst Actress and Worst Director. And then Blair Witch was... Uh, nominated for Worst Picture and Worst Actress in Heather Donahue won. She took the she took the the Golden Raspberry home that night. Which is uh Rachel is a famous Heather Donahue uh hater. Oh yeah, she has a real like annoying <laughs> mid-Atlantic accent that whole movie. Yeah. That movie here on Coffin Rock. <laughs> Uh, four Oscar nominees, couple winners, probably lighter on the Oscar list. Oscar doesn't smile too often on the horror genre. Horror. But I do think we have our most nominated uh, film ever on the list. Exorcist nominated for four Oscars. Picture, director, actor, actress, supporting actor, supporting actress, adapted screenplay, cinematography, editing, production design, and sound mixing. Wow. There just two of those. <laughs> Which two? Um, adapted screenplay and sound mixing. 
Okay. A um, couple famous, or not famous necessarily. I do overuse that word, Rachel. You're good to, <laughs> to correct me and to shock me every time I say it. <laughs> the adverb version of it <laughs> is the most overused. But this one's kind of famous. Um, oh, I didn't. So sorry. Five, five of the movies were nominated for Oscars. So American Werewolf in London, Rick Baker, the, you know, the, the, the makeup effects, you know, whatever you want to, he makes all the, the masks and, and the animatronics and stuff like that. He made the werewolf. Uh, he won the first ever um, best makeup award. For, for the Academy Awards, which was, I think, an after, or it's like a reaction to um, people being upset that the Elephant Man didn't, wasn't nominated for, for all of its work in that category, because the category didn't exist yet. And the Elephant Man came out like a year prior. Uh, Poltergeist, one of the few Oscar-nominated movies on this list. Visual effects, sound effects, I'm editing, like and movie. score. But it does have a, it is a great... Uh, Jerry Goldsmith score. I couldn't believe that when I saw it. Jerry Goldsmith was the It's a great did score. The, the music for it. I think it's a great movie, but y'all Whoa. seem to have different opinions. <laughs> Get out, of course. Um, Jordan Peele won for original screenplay, was also nominated for picture. He was nominated for director, um, best action, best actor nomination as well. Mentioned the Fangoria Chainsaw Awards for um, uh, for Hereditary, uh, Drag Me to Hell. 2009 Scream Award winner, best horror movie and best screenplay. Wait, for Drag Me to Hell? Yeah. For <laughs> this is the t- 2009 Scream Awards. Yeah. Best screenplay. Oh, no, we That's got literally it. what it's called. Yeah. But that's what it's called. I, I know, I believe good. you. I just thought you yeah. get a bigger kick out of it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Two look like you've seen a ghost. Uh, sorry, we're a little shaken up. Okay. No, we couldn't see him. We're a little shaken up. Our our various skills, including our improv ability, were really put to the test. So we're just trying to get our get our heads in order. I was on a long poop. I don't know anything about it. I know you. Uh, a lot of well, AFI. AFI should like have its own category for Psycho. Number one in thrills. Oh, yeah, they like things. Number two, villain Norman Bates. Number four in scores. Fifty six on quotes. Um, what was the quote? A boy's best friend is his mother. Oh, Famous Sam White quote. And then it's number 14 on... <laughs> hey, he's in Hawaii right now. He's on, he's on the beach right now. Uh, it's also number 14 just on the general list. Um, yeah. That's kind of, I mean, there's like a bunch of other little scant AFIs here and there. Exorcist is three on thrills. Reagan's nine for villains. Interestingly, Halloween was nominated for the second round of 100 AFI movies, just like the oh, generic 100. Yeah. yeah, it's obviously not on it, but I thought that was um, impressive. It's a really good movie. Um, welcome to the BTEU. Got four new entrants. Welcome, John Krasinski. You're in Monsters University and A Quiet Place. Craig T. Nelson, you're in The Incredibles and Poltergeist. Uh, Frank Oz is in Monsters, Inc. and in American Werewolf in London. And finally, Stephen Root, My Bubbles, Finding Nemo, and Get Out. Happy to have you. Awesome. I we'll love your, the your BTU. T-shirts, 
are in the mail should arrive in about three to five weeks <laughs> okay i think that's more it's i it's more um awards than i would have imagined and i don't know why i i knew that shining fact but i definitely knew that um shelly duvall was overall like very much not loved for that performance which was really sad um okay so let's get into the awards let's do it start off with best decade for horror movies I thought that everyone was going to have the same answer to this, which was going to be my answer, which definitely is not something that's like in my personality. You know, I, I like, I think I'm so right that everyone has to agree with me, but now after um, listening to some of you, I have a feeling that I will probably be the only one who thinks this, which is a scandal. Mm. But let's just go I'm around and say, say what our decades is. Mine was the seventies. That's mine. 70s. 70s, okay. Yeah. Thank God. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Phew. I, was I do. Worried. I have like the most honorable worried. mentions. I have the most honorable honorable mentions I've had since like Here Comes the Pod. Wow, Got a lot that's really exciting. <laughs> and Here Comes the Pod was eight hours long, folks. So <laughs> no, it'll be fine. Um, okay, because I was just a lot of my '70s highlights have been poo pooed. But Taryn, why don't you tell us first? Why is '70s? Why was that your fave? I feel like they, there's not like, they don't rely on like the trash that we see nowadays in horror movies. Mm. Um, like there aren't a ton of jump scares and there aren't, uh, it's not like unnecessarily bloody, but it actually still can legitimately freak you out. Um, like thinking about Halloween and, um, Carrie, and those are two kind of like high school girl dominated movies, but, and like The Exorcist, again, I mentioned that that terrified me as a child. So like, there's that. Um, but even like the newer ones, or not newer ones, but the ones that were new to me when I watched this, like The Brood, never oh. heard of it, really enjoyed yeah. it. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. <laughs> um, Suspiria on the other hand, not so much, but, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It just for me, the '70s is like where, like the cl- classic quote-unquote horror genre lies, and that's those are the movies that have always interested me. Yeah, I would agree with the whole like probably horror is like one of the most sort of like self-reflexive, like meta as it gets going, like probably like horror rom-coms tend to be extremely meta as like time goes on always referencing and like it's interesting like a movie like carrie has like one of the most iconic jump scares of all time now you would never see a jump scare as like the last like your only big jump scare is like the last moment in the movie you know like that doesn't happen anymore like maybe there'll be some sort of twist or some sort of like creepy moment but it doesn't seem like any modern horror movies are doing that and there weren't really any jump scares before that. It was just literally the last moment of the movie. It was such a big jump. And so it's interesting to see, like, it's interesting in the 70s, you see both the thing that gets repeated over and over again, but you also see, like, the original seed element that was never repeated again. Like, women in 70s horror movies are so much more interesting than women now. So, like, the scary, the scared girl trope it's still very much a thing. But like in the 70s, like Carrie, like 
I feel like not until, I don't know, something like, like a quiet place or something like that, where like the, like the body horror sort of like exists in like the women's experience of like being mm. ovulating or having babies or whatever it is. Mm. Do you see that again? Like this, it's this interesting thing where you see the thing that gets like dumbed down and like watered down. So you both see what got repeated over and over again, but you see the part that was genuinely original and good in 70s horror movies. Yeah, and I feel like there's, with 70s horror movies, there's an, like the plot itself is scary. Like the, hmm. the premise of it is scary as opposed to, like legitimately scary as opposed to um, like, again, relying on the the blood and gore of it all. And it, like there are moments that are scary, but with 70s movies, I feel like you're genuinely at least somewhat scared throughout the whole deal because you don't like you have that plot line that is genuinely horrifying. <laughs> yeah. I agree. I definitely agree. Andy, what are your thoughts? Well, I want to apologize. I missed several Oscar nominees in the stats moment. I didn't do a good job of highlighting earlier. <laughs> uh, because Carrie, Carrie too is Oscar nominated. So both Carrie and her mother um, were nominated for uh, best actress, supporting actress. Um, it's just like a weird energy in this room. After I came back from my bathroom break, I just like, I really messed with my head. With we'll talk about it later. Just maybe. communicating the stats. Um, we might need to sage the house or something like that after, after <laughs> the pod. Well, it's, I think to some extent, this is true for the 80s. And eh, I mean, outside of like Jordan Peele, I guess, in the, in the 2010s, there's no compared to the other decades there isn't that like the good directors were also directing horror movies like just looking yeah. at the director column from the 70s william friedkin brian de palma dario argento john carpenter david Cronen cronenberg um it's like imagine if like six really amazing directors right now were all making horror movies like prestige oscar quality horror movies that's just like really not so much the case anymore outside of jordan peele um, I don't know if I would put Ari Aster necessarily to some extent, maybe Ari Aster in that group too, but, um, thinking about the 2010s, cause I think maybe there's a case maybe for the 2010s with you know, looking at hereditary, a quiet place, um, get out conjuring us. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you guys basically said anything that I would really say. I, I think Taryn puts her finger on what. Um, I usually respond to the most in horror movies. I mean, it's just, I think a lot of the horror movies I like are also just like really good movies. Um, like The Exorcist is just so procedural and building up to something in its, in its plotting and its pacing. The Brood is, is a lot like that as well. The Brood is also just fantastic. Um, oh my God, it's so good. Obviously, you know, I don't know if there's anything new I can say about Halloween, but Halloween, again, is... is um, yeah, you know, just, I mean, it's, it's, they're all like, these are, it's, it's like a, it's a column of patient zeros in the horror genre. It's just interesting that you said the thing about like the best directors in horror movies. I think that it's like once there is this, the best directors are making horror movies. I mean, you can make an argument that like Parasite is kind of a horror movie. Right. Like yeah. Pan's Labyrinth is kind of a horror movie. You know what I mean? Like, but they're just not in the slotted into that. They're making scary movies, you know, but they're not making like what we have come to, you know, like capital H 
mass market horror movies. So it's kind of like that interesting thing of like, I feel like while you would never these days call Parasite a horror movie, it is certainly terrifying. You know what I mean? And it has a lot that it owes to those like directors of the 70s mm, yeah. and things like that. Um, it's like almost like Carrie-ish in certain ways. And, you know, I was just literally just going through best directors of the last five years. And a lot of them have made some form of horror movie. Um, but you would just never call them that because it has like that genre has been just so typified and commercialized to to such an extent. I mean, you could make the argument that gravity is a horror movie. You know what I mean? Like all of these things mm. like have like their own. That's just like the last three best directors kind of have their horror movie moment, but you would just never call it that anymore. So werewolf and Harry Potter three. And that's a really scary movie in a lot of ways. Like they're all playing with those tropes, but they're just not doing it in the, the way that we've come to know it. You're getting me too like wishful and like, I want all those directors to make actual, like, like a little to like, you know, inch just a little closer to, um, yeah. like actually, oh, can you imagine like if Bong Joon-ho made like a horror, horror movie? Oh my God. I'd be so excited. He might, uh, to some extent, some of, well, I guess he made the host and the host is, you know, like a classic, you know, monster creature movie. Yeah. Um, and Parasite yeah, came out in Halloween. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think it was kind of marketed as a horror movie. Oh, it was totally movie. marketed as a horror movie. Had like, the LeBron the James I remember being Christmas scared. Sprite commercial played before. I remember being like scared to see it in the theater. I was like, Andy, like, should uh -huh. we be seeing this in the theater? I was like, I'm nervous. Man, but anyway, I saw that one in the theater specifically. <laughs> I know, I know. I was glad I saw it in the theaters. Obviously, I saw it in the theaters twice. But, um, Take, but yeah, beat that, Taryn. Well, sorry, no. <laughs> sorry, that was really douchey of me. I apologize. <laughs> No, oh, yeah. because that was it was because it was marketed as a horror movie. Um, I mean, it still, it turned out to be an incredible movie, obviously. But um, like, I saw it in the theater specifically. Well, Andy told me it was great, first of all. But then <laughs> I wanted to see that one in the theater as opposed to like when it came out on whatever. So I think just a little side note: if we're want, if we're wanting to go through most recent Oscar Best Director winners, and we do a one of these things is not like the other, maybe the answer if if the answer to the question of would you want to see a horror movie by this director is no, maybe they're not that great of a director. Maybe this is actually a good litmus test because let's listen to the best directors of the last whatever five years: Bong Joon Ho, Alfonso Cuarón, Guillermo del Toro, Damien Chazelle, Alejandro Iñárritu. Alejandro Alejandro Inaritu twice and then another Alfonso Cuaron. Which of those do you might not want to see a horror movie of? I, I don't know. know. I'd love to see a Damien Chazelle horror movie. You would? Yeah. He has it in him? He's a he's a Billy Friedkin protege. Fine. I'll keep going. Ang Lee, uh, whoever did the artist, Michael Havas and Tom Hooper. I don't want to see a Tom Hooper horror I know, movie. So, uh, give me Toby Hooper. <laughs> I want to see a Catherine Bigelow horror movie. I want to see a Danny Boyle horror movie. There kind of is one. She, she made one? a vampire movie in oh. like the early 90s. Cohen Brothers, Scorsese, Ang Lee again. Clint Eastwood, Peter Jackson. Ron Howard, don't want to see his horror movie. Anyway. I think Chazelle is such a technician that I would love to see, you know, just a very, you know, extremely well-crafted, like, can you imagine the first man of horror movies? Yeah, but there's just nothing fucked up about his brain. Like he just likes everything so pristine and he doesn't seem to really enjoy fucked up things. 
somewhat ambitious, not ambitious, but I, I don't know if his balls clank, but to have the balls that he has to, uh, um, have that ending of La La Land, not that that is that, you know, mind blowing, but it's, you know, to have La La Land end the way that it does, it's not, it certainly could be more paint by numbers in the sort of, uh, image that you're painting about him. Well, Let's hope that he listens to this pod. Exactly. And sees, it as a cha- sees it as a challenge and makes the horror movie Look, the best Damien's horror movie of the century. Damien's a Damien's friend. A- I don't want to. Okay. Moving on. So we did that, that category. Great. Or that award. I'm sorry. I apologize. Best makeup. My nominee is the babies hanging off the body in the brood. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, that's like such a moment i did not necessarily i knew that like something was going on with babies it's a really great moment in a horror movie where you can like imagine that something's gonna happen and then when you see it it's like a thousand times worse than you actually like you're like oh i didn't know it was gonna be like that so when she like opens her like white gauzy like robe and it's just like various stages of child growing off of her body like demon skin tags um it's great it's a great moment and it looks amazing and you want it to go on longer while also wanting it to end as soon as possible so it's a good one it's very like caravaggio not to like whatever but it has like this sort of like old painting painterly element to that shot that is like real cool i love it do they still sell those at hot topic what demon skin tags? Demon skin tags. <laughs> that's my no. nominee. Uh, well, nominee and winner, right? Nominee and winner. Sorry, yeah, that's cut my, out the that's cut my... out the the middle person there. Yeah, that's a great one. I did. I think the to grab the lowest hanging fruit. Sometimes you just got to go for what, what else is, 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 is the is the best. Best thing ever. Best makeup I ever saw is uh, Rick Baker's work in American Werewolf in London. Revolutionary. Extraordinary. Um, but yeah, I mean, specifically, I mean, he, he, you know, he did it all. You think of all of the, from Griffin Dunn to the animatronic werewolf to the, the stuff that they had on. I don't know the actor's name who plays the actual werewolf, but um, I think for me, my favorite stuff is just all the Griffin Dunn stuff. Like, oh my gosh. Oh, so just, good. Like, incredible looking. And he was, he was like kind of a, um, you know, he was really, so supposedly he was, you know, pretty cheesed off about it. You know, being a young actor, like, well, what the fuck? I look like I'm fucking dead. And you, like, they can, you can hardly tell it's me and I look terrible. And apparently Rick Baker was like, well, yeah, did you read the script? It says that you get your throat ripped out in like the first 10 minutes. What did you think it was going to look like? <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that stuff's great. Just all the werewolf stuff, all the, um, again, kind of similar to Halloween, like how much new stuff, enlightening stuff, profound stuff can I say about Halloween, but how, you know, there's hundreds of videos on the transformation scene and behind the scenes interviews on the transformation scene. Um, but it was, uh, it was, cool to hear that apparently so when he's um kind of in a child's pose if you will 
uh, and like the hair is growing through his back. What they did was um, basically put like a rubber back on him and they ran um, like hair in reverse and then they reversed the film to like they put hair through it and then when you reverse it it looks like hair is like growing out of his fake rubber back and it's uh, all that stuff is just oh my gosh uh just perfect i mean that's one of the hallmarks for me with these types of movies is just like the various degrees of tactile schlocky gory um you know makeup and costumes and that just doesn't get any better for me for with stuff like that i love it Love it. That's a really good one. I, I'm going to have to go with Rachel because I hadn't even considered that. Um, but now that you mentioned it, like that was so cool. <laughs> um, and then for me, kind of an honorable mention I'll go with um, is the, the like zombified, ghoulified characters in Evil Dead. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a the great Deadites. one. I think that's a Deadite, right? Um, is I, I mean, there's nothing particularly novel or spectacular about it, but I just think that they, and they weren't necessarily completely creepy or, you know, scary, but just the, all the, all of it, all of it, <laughs> like the, the like somewhat doll looking character at one point and just like a dead doll, I, y'all, mm. um, I don't know, I just thought that that added to that, the, this, the scene where they're, you know, all fighting, fighting off the other ones, but I think that would be my honorable mention for sure. Oh yeah, anything choice. that's, anything that was integral to committing to screen the stab in the ankle or the decomposition oh, at God. the end, oh, that's, that's yeah. so good. Oh, yeah, that's yes. the gnarliest thing. That's <laughs> so gnarly. And I, I just realized, I said everything I just said, I didn't even say anything about Nazi demons again just no so good next category best effects best effects rex and effects it's called the rum shaker um i'll go yeah uh so i finally i you know i looked all over the internet to finally set the record straight there are competing editions of the exorcist if you say watch The Exorcist on HBO Max, like I think all of us did, mm-hmm. uh, you're getting the cut with only one insert of Eileen Dietz in makeup playing uh, Pazuzu, the demon, in mm. the so-called version you've never seen, which I think was available on DVD starting in about 2002, which was the one was the version I was raised on um, that I set many a budding partner down on the couch for with again perhaps maybe a bottle of wine home run pizza homemade salad and the homemade salad thing's got to go (laughs) (laughs) the history history books books cannot say homemade salad i have (laughs) i have no problems with your retelling of all of your bachelor days of all of the women you showed Exorcist too. No qualms about that at all. But the homemade salad, I draw the line. Couple things. 
That's what the history books are for. <laughs> and it was Exorcist 1. Okay, sorry. But yeah, that version that you've never, the version you've, you've never seen has the two extra inserts on it. Famously, <laughs> the um, appearance of Pazuzu Eileen Dietz's head as Pazuzu on the hood in the kitchen. I don't know if you remember when we watched it a few months ago, Rachel, and I was irate. Oh, yes. Saying, he was very upset. <laughs> I wrote City Hall. I took <laughs> on City Hall. I said, where is, I could have sworn Eileen Dietz appears on the, I, I could have sworn that like in the kitchen, you see Eileen Dietz. Um, he has a t-shirt now that says free Pazuzu on it. And it's really <laughs> disturbing. And I got City Hall's number on the back. <laughs> Suffice it to say, uh, that, in my opinion, is the, uh, the best effect. I just, I love that, that, that type of stuff. I feel like if I, were, if I were in charge, and I pray someday I am, um, that's how I would put together my horror movie. You know, those little subliminal, like, quick little inserts, um, especially something, like, demonic, like, and it's like, oh, my God, like, is that the, is that the devil? Um, and you have to, you know, imagine seeing it 45 years ago and it's like, yeah, you know, I saw it and I, I think I saw something and, but like, I don't know, like I'm going to see it again. And like now it's kind of ruined by like, well, I'll just look it up on YouTube. I'll just Google image it. And oh yeah, there's the picture of her on the hood. You know, I'm not crazy. It's just in different versions. It's just, it'd be interesting to live in a time where, you know, you had no other recourse but to like, you know, keep buying a ticket and sitting there and, and the audience looking like, okay, like my friend said, if you, um, you know, if you look at this right exact moment, like during the father Karis dream, you see like this demon face. Um, and that's just, that's sort of like myth making and um, you know, stuff like that around horror movies, I think is just, just, yeah, that's, that's what I get into it for that and the schlock. So kind of covering two bases with my two answers here back to back. So yes, free, free, free deets, pray for deets. I can say mine. It's a lot more practical than that. I was going to grade on like a curve, but then I just saw like, sorry. Whoa. I'm let's something turned on. Um, I was going to like grade on curve, but then I was just kind of like my mind got all bendy. And I was like, well, what is like objectively the most impressive feat of like technological effects in any of these movies and i came up with the fairly easy and obvious answer as like the doubling work in us like mm. the seamlessness of the of how they green screen that and all of that stuff i mean anyone will know that one of our our house favorite movie is the parent trap so i know where like that kind of technology was at you know 20 years ago so yeah, it's just, it's so seamless. It looks so good. They have like full on fight scenes with all their doubles. It's very, very effective. Um, like the tension around it is very good. You can't like tell anything where it starts, where it ends. You can't like make out any of it. And it just works. Like you, you, on, you don't think about it. Like in almost any other movie where they're, they're so sort of like doubly tricks, you can kind of see something and you're like trying to figure it out and trying to figure out where the mirrors are and things like that. And there's none of that in us. You just are watching it and you just believe every second of it. So that's my nominee. Uh, not to be repetitive, but uh, mine is also The Exorcist uh, for similar reasons, but mo like 
again for a scene that's not in the the current version that you can access the um and the scene that terrified me as a child was you know reagan walking backwards down the stairs her head spinning around and puking oh man that those fucked me up as a kid (laughs) that's the journey so much so that i didn't watch the movie for 15 years (laughs) so yeah and i like if i saw it now i would you know it would be more obvious to me that that wasn't real and of course as a child i knew it wasn't real but as a child it sure looked real (laughs) and well i think we need i don't i don't think linda blair was actually possessed in the movie but i i would thank you i would say that we need more people actually possessed to play those types of roles like a Reagan McNeil. Oh my God. A little bit more representation, I see. I see. Wow. Wow. Hanging on to this a little bit too long. <laughs> Sorry, what? Nothing, you didn't hear me. Okay. You didn't see me? <laughs> <laughs> um, great, great. I really like Rachel's pick. Um, to the extent that the when I first heard it, I'm thinking like, wait, is that a like, a, is she understanding it correctly? But I think I mean it's so seamless. Yeah. That I think the best measure of it working is I didn't even think, never even thought about, it, never crossed my mind that it was like, you know. There That's was- why I was a little bit worried it was kind of cheating ish. Mm-hmm. Like you know that it's like it's like is it really horror special effects? Like to pick one of the newest movies, it's like, oh, the one with the access to the newest technology has the best special effects. But I do think that like it is, because it's like not what you would think. It's not like, oh, the ghost in us looked cool. You know, like something that you would expect to see um, because it's something a little bit more subtle and like that's supposed to be a little bit more seamless. Um, No, I would put your pick in the same class as eating. What do you mean? They're not cheating. Oh, yeah. Eating's not cheating. <laughs> We're cutting that out. Uh, Don't do it, Sam. Don't do it. The number okay. of womp womp noises that need to be here. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. Oh, shit. See, it's a good thing I didn't do it. It's a good thing I didn't. I would have been like, thank you, Dia Lea Saramo, for that. <laughs> Um, nah. Sam, you have to cut this out. Hey, <laughs> oh, I got the okay. original cut. I got, I got the next. Original. I'll always, I'll always have the original cut. The next category <laughs> is next award is for best, oh, best score. score. Let's keep the us train going. Oh, Hands you say down. us is, just because of he got. He's been singing got of, five on it for the oh, last yeah. week and a half. Yeah, loonies, loonies I got and toonies. Five on it. Um, oh. Brilliant. It's so, it's, it's so great. I mean, like both like the pretty much faithful use of the song and then like the remixed elongated horrory use of this. It's so, man. Yeah. So good. Perfect. Keep your Halloweens. Keep your, keep well, your, that was mine. Your, that was mine. Your, I, mean, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's the Rick Baker of this yeah. category. I was actually, but I also I was thinking like, I, just to give it some love, because I know it wasn't going to get any anywhere else, Suspiria was my honorable, honorable mention. Oh, yeah. That's it a has a good score. It's probably the best part of the, like, I'll, probably more of the movie rests on the score than anything else, because some of the visuals I don't think in Suspiria are as effective as they're trying to be. Like, you can't just, 
you know, Instagram has taught us that you can't just up the saturation and everything and say it's good. <laughs> um, but the, the music, the score is actually objectively good and it has like a very nice like build to it. And I would say that like something like Halloween, Halloween came after Suspiria, right? Yes. 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 Something like Halloween is clearly referencing a Suspiria score more so than it's referencing like a psycho score or something like that. So, um, yeah, Halloween, Suspiria, Halloween being the obvious choice, and then Suspiria being like the, why not spice it up choice are my two choices for best score. I thought about being funny and saying A Quiet Place, but. <laughs> that actually does have a good score. <laughs> like a good soundtrack. Like the stuff that they dance to is nice. That song that they dance to oh, is very yeah. sweet. Neil Young. One. That Neil Young song, yeah. <laughs> Pants on the ground. <laughs> Whip my hair back and forth. Yeah, and this didn't have a good score or anything, but I noticed very heavily that the ring like relies so much on the music, the soundtrack to make mm. anything scary. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, that and jump cuts, but yeah, I don't the ring just like there's this the way that that movie looks is just so yeah. We watched Ryan? that Minority Report very close to each other for our, another pod. And I'm just like, why? Like, it's so, it looks like behind me right now. Like, like the light is just like blaring and too bright. And I was just like, who decided this was hmm. good? Yeah, but it's wild to think that there was a time when movies were made to look like that. and intentionally looked like that. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's kind of like, it's like, it's like pants looked like that at that time and shirts like it blows your mind that people wanted to have clothing like they did in 2002 even on the ground they they looked like that oh god andy okay um it's interesting did we not did we mention any of the things that were actually nominated for best score didn't you say that psycho was nominated wait no uh, else? A couple were nominated for best score. Interesting. Yeah, I never, I didn't bring that up in the originals. I can't believe Exorcist wasn't nominated for best score. Yeah, it's the most well. nominated horror movie on the list by a mile, and it has and, a great score. Yeah, it was not nominated for score. Uh, it just maybe it didn't exist yet. Maybe. Yeah, because Psycho was wasn't nominated Psycho. either. Psycho wasn't nominated for score. Psycho is obviously an iconic. I don't know. Does the eh, eh, eh count as score? Yeah, sure. Yeah, then it's like extremely iconic, obviously. Fourth most, according to the American Film Institute. Um, original score, Poltergeist. The only, mm-hmm. yeah, the only nominated score. It's a good one. I feel like that's... Yeah. Um, good, honest, cool. Jerry Goldsmith score. Yeah, solid. Uh, nice. Um, okay, mm-hmm. this is a fun one. Best what the fuck moment. Oh man, there were so many. <laughs> can we turn? Can we have two categories of what the fuck and the that's fucked up? Because they mean two different things. Sure. You know, because um, I, as I was going through, I was like, "There's, there's a kind of what the fuck." Like, oh my god, like I cannot believe. And then there's like a, "Oh shit, that's fucked up," which is a different thing. So I'm sorry to spring a category on us, um, but maybe as you a, discuss, we could, distinction. we could talk about it. Someone other than me. Can we start with start with what, what the, the fuck? fuck? Yeah, let's start with what the fuck. Um, mine what? is the entirety of the descent. Yeah. What the fuck was that movie? <laughs> oh, 
Yeah, that's a bad movie. I, was, I, I watched this one fairly recently because I didn't want to watch it. <laughs> but it, um, and I was saying this the other day, but it, uh, you, I can't tell who's who in that movie. It's just there. It's all the same person. Just six generic white women, all playing the same character. One Asian. Oh, that's true. But <laughs> six generic women. We'll just go with that. Um, and I, the the plot, the weird backstory with the the, the head exploding. <laughs> it, it's just all sorts of dumb. <laughs> To me, it was specifically the moment yeah. where we were supposed to believe that this woman lied to her friends about going on a cave diving. Like, is she a psychopath? Like, actually, like, I could not get over that the entire movie. So, like, in this, they, she's like, we're going we're gonna to do, like, a friendly cave diving thing with all of our friends. And she told them it was going to be, like, this really easy one. And turns out, like, I don't know if this were mountains, like, she to- told them it was, like, Maybe not that it was going to be like going up like Mount Rainier, but turns out they were like, you know, doing the like the thing from, you know, they're going to free solo El Capitan is like what they were doing in real life. It was like a thing that no one had done before. And she didn't tell them that at all. She just lied and thought it would be fun to like do something for the first time. And I thought like one, like no woman has like such an obsession with conquest that that would even like go through her brain. And two, like, is she a psychopath? And I could not get over that the entire movie. Like, she is such, that's such an evil, villainous thing to do. Yeah. Like, that wasn't, and she was kind of ended up being cast as a villain, but not because she did that, but because she was, like, fucking her friend's husband. Like, I was like, it just, it was just such an odd moment, because I'm like, you have someone doing possibly the most evil thing I've seen in any of these movies, but yet, like, you're relying on the the fact that she slept with her friend's husband to be, like, the crux of her badness that movie and like that's not what you should be thinking about when you're watching a horror movie like that's why the characters are simple so you never have to think too much about them you know that's like why like it's like jamie lee curtis is a smart girl and that's all you got to know about her you know what i mean um so like horror movies are not designed for you to be like chewing on things that much especially if they're like not really very effective things to be chewing on so that's my what the fuck moment is that girl yeah they shouldn't free solo they should free pazuzu um, i'm glad i'm glad we're talking about the descent and i didn't have this on my list but um it's it's definitely qualifies it's in the what the fuck universe um oh, for sure it's also the uh no what i'm gonna what i'm gonna say it's not necessarily my pick but uh just any type of dread or fright is completely lost on me because the monsters look like Lord of the Rings orcs. They look terrible. They look terrible. And like they both look terrible and just like generically not at all scary looking. That yeah. movie they look doesn't ridiculous. also that movie doesn't realize what's scary about that movie. You know what I mean? It's like, like the dark confined spaces. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and they yeah. don't take advantage of any yeah. of that. Like if, if the three of us were to like have a whiteboard and brainstorm, what, what are some scary things we could film if we were doing a cave diving movie? We would have come up with better ideas in like a drunken three hours than they did. It's a bad movie, guys. Uh, somehow there was a sequel. 
So do any more what the fucks? Well, I got Maybe. a bunch of stuff. Or is it, yeah, like a lot of stuff from Carrie. I think we, we talked about this way back, watching the tuxedo fitting scene. Oh, yeah, I love that scene. <laughs> like, what the, I didn't do, I like, I, scene. I didn't do good enough uh, due diligence to, to re-watch it since it was, you know, a while ago. You don't ago. have to say that. That's At a great point. scene. Uh, but the, I can't even remember exactly why. I mean, we just turned to each other in real time and said, oh, boy. Like, what's is, happening here peak, what the fuck um yeah classic iconic uh three guys in like a like trifold mirror situation putting on tuxedos before the prom and carry uh pretty much everything that gym teacher does and carry oh my god oh i love it <laughs> oh man i um, love that she just like slaps most of people. Carrie, Carrie is, and this isn't necessarily what the fuck. I mean, this is very much to its credit, but just, I don't know if there's, and it's just doing its job well. Um, there's just like a not, there's not a better authentic representation of just the evil of high school students like John Travolta at all yeah. in that film. Oh man, it's just. And, and it's yeah, also yeah. like they're all different shades of evil. Like, you right. know what I mean? Like that's like the best kind. It's like, there's like all different, all of the evils under the earth are all like represented and it's, Oh, and can, we sat there for most of the second half of that truly thinking and saying like her dates in on it. He isn't. Yeah. Like, to what extent is he in on it? Okay, is she in on it? Is she like being like? Are we supposed to believe like her? Like what we see on her face and whatnot? It's yeah, it's really good. It's a good movie. But that tuxedo scene, what the fuck? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also the beginning, like the opening scene. That, what the fuck? What that the was fuck? pretty much. <laughs> Wait, which is the, what's the opening scene in that movie? I can't remember. The locker like, room. shower. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, no, but the way it phases into the yeah. like period getting is like so brilliant because it's this moment of like these like nubile nymphs around and you're supposed to sort of like love the you know, it's like it's a, it's 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 like, oh look at all of these like young, developed, whatever. And then in the corner there's a girl getting her first period, which is like making the subtext of like, yeah, this is the thing that allows for those nubile nymphs to be what they look like, like gore and shock and shame is what's like undergirding that, that you just looked at and like felt a little good about. Like, I actually think it's brilliant. Just joining us, we're talking nubile nymphs. <laughs> it's 201. The news is next, but not before nubile nymphs. I mean, it is creepy that it's high school girls in the shower. I just want to say like, it's very creepy. Yeah. <laughs> They're all adult women at the time. I'm not whatever but i do think that like it's commenting on like america's like people's obsession with young girls bodies and also like their like refusal to recognize what is mm. behind that yeah. so you also wanted what or that's fucked up or what can you that's fucked up that's fucked up <laughs> this is a category i came up with when we watched uh the good place and he put his baby in a tiny baby coffin to oh breathe. quiet place quiet place quiet oh place. yeah yeah oh, yeah, yeah. So did that happen on the good place the good place the quiet place <laughs> the quiet place and he that's put what they call the casket and they call it the good place yeah the little baby I mean, coffin oh my god 
And he put his <laughs> so <baby>. gnarly. <laughs> his tiny baby coffin with a tiny little oxygen mask so it could cry. Yeah. That's it's really great. Up. It's I, I I respect the filmmaking because when that happens, you know, we didn't have necessarily like 100% concentration yesterday when we watched it, but when they cover that in the beginning, it's like, wait, what the hell is that? What's going on? What are yeah, we doing here? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> Good payoff. But that is fucked up. <laughs> because like this, because also like the second it worked out so well, because the second we had she had that baby, Andy looked at me. He's like, "What happens when it cries?" Yeah, and we were like, "Oh, what does happen when it cries?" And then we saw her put it into the tiny baby coffin. That was messed up. Yeah. So most, or that's messed, or that's fucked up. Mm-hmm thinking i mean obvious one is the decapitation in hereditary at least for yeah. me is that i mean that's pretty in, in in terms of you know if you were to capture my in the moment first viewing of each of these movies and you know pull me right at that time and say what's the most fucked it would probably be that Millie Shapiro getting her head ripped off by a telephone pole right. that's a big one <laughs> Um, so probably that. <laughs> um, yeah, and then this kind of a callback to what we were talking about earlier, but also, you know, baby demon skin tags from the brood. <laughs> All sorts of fucked up. And just kind of the relationship between the 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 mom and the uh, psychiatrist as well, just like oh, yeah, it's so covering funny. that up <laughs> and letting yeah. it continue. Another, another like category we could have done that I'm just thinking of now would be like, like watching these mo- movies ruined blank for me. Watching these movies ruined children's snowsuits for me. <laughs> oh, I love a children's <laughs> snowsuit. If they're also, that's pretty me. fucked. Yeah, I like the you. kindergarten. <laughs> Like the kindergarten classroom murder. The kindergarten infiltration oh, kindergarten and murder. murder yeah. yeah. That's oh, pretty that's fucked pretty up. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. I blocked it out. Yeah. Uh. Oh, good. I'm glad we talked about that. That was cathartic. Thank you for letting me add that on the fly. Um, also, now that I'm thinking about it, one other thing, uh, just like the, the Roma, like I, I even hesitate to say it, like the Roma gypsy trope in drag me to hell oh yeah jesus oh, <laughs> yeah not no. great don't love the slandering of the hungarians in that it's right? like in her in her uh whatever that she's hungarian okay um in her obituary i checked that and i was like mm-hmm. um i was a hungarian myself yeah that wasn't great that was but it was real... also like the fact that also the woman who is latina i Mex- did they say she was from Mexico? Oh, it's like it's basically like that movie posits that like all foreign people kind of know this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, well, the Mexican lady and the Hungarian lady, they both get it. <laughs> well, and the um the fortune teller guy. Yeah, yeah. Also, yeah, it's like oh, if you're yeah, foreign, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know the dark yeah. arts, obvi is like what that movie is sort of saying, and that's obviously pretty fucked up. And they have like the whitest white man playing the white man. And the role. whitest white woman. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, she's oh. not great. No. no. I got some notes. Uh, 
for yeah, uh, I know. I told Andy that we for D T T H movie. Yeah, Jeepers that's that's a good point that there was a lot of some messed up xenophobia in that movie. 2009, where are you at? Um, Otherwise, pretty great year for movies. <laughs> we doing Best Kill? Sure. Hey, it's really, Taryn made me change it to Beth Death. Or one of you did, I can't remember. It wasn't me. It must have been Rachel. So it's technically well, I best was, death. One of mine is what you already did for both fucked up was the beheading. Of. It won a Fangoria chainsaw for best kill. Yeah. I mean, although like we were just kind of debating like to what extent does she actually die? Like, I don't know. Um, so does it even count is what I was just thinking. Yeah. I was like, mm, does it count? Um, if Charlie doesn't really die or if Payman doesn't really die. And Charlie is payment. But um, yeah, I mean, that's so messed up. That like really rocked me. The first, That's like, that's like what got me on edge that made me cry. Um, just like seeing that and like the, like, it's just so grossly done where it's like, you know what happens and then you're just watching him react to what happens. And like, oh, yeah. and then, and what you're, what's going on in your brain is like, wait, are we not going to go back to that? Are we not going to comment on Like what is happening right now? because you're just so unmoored and you're, but then you do go back to it and you're like, ah, I shouldn't have wanted to. Ah. And yeah, it's like, so from the moment it happens to the moment you see the head, like all of that together is very well crafted and probably like the best, like Ari asked, like the best few minutes and best thought out few minutes of like Ari Aster's movies that I've seen. It's very good. The head trauma. I'm just in it for the head trauma. <laughs> no, but it's not just the head trauma. It's the fact that there's that period in between where he's driving home. Uh, yeah. There's such a yeah. focus on that. Yeah. Not like uh, it happens and then immediately you cut to the Which head is what the you expect, which is why it's so weird when you're just watching him drive home and you're like, is this the way this is going to be? Yeah. That's what I, that's mine. Right, it's really for me. It's Tony Collette's through repeated viewings of it. It's not the actual event that I dread. It's Tony Collette's reaction, um, which is just like, oh man, it's very gnarly. It's Tony Collette's reaction for me. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Also, unmoored. That's what Griffin Dunn should have been. Um, um. For me, uh, <laughs> uh, oh yeah, I'm kind of cheating here. Um, so we'll need to add this to the list. What, so far, can we restack that? What's on the list of things that aren't cheating? <laughs> um, eating and uh, picking, picking us as best effects. <laughs> um, I don't. There wasn't any other way, perhaps, to to talk about the cold open of Scream. And I guess it's, I mean, in terms of like literal deaths, there's maybe nothing spectacular about it, but, um, you know, just as a horror movie artifact, um, that, that, yeah, just getting right into it with the phone call and, um, I don't know, like a, it, like a broken silence with a phone ringing, a landline phone ringing is just like, I don't know, that really gets to me on a visceral gut level. Um, and I think... I remembered it, you know, being a little more 
having a little more oomph in my, in my head going into our viewing of it. Um, but I still think it really, it really stands on. I mean, the whole film is downhill from there. It's not a bad movie, but oh my gosh, did they use, you know, 99% of their movie magic and, um, and, and cachet in that, in that first cold open. Um, cause I don't, I mean, nothing else even compares in that movie after that, but, um, yeah, it's just so, it's, that's so haunting and well done and like pretty fucking brutal. That movie's really, really violent. Yeah. I always forget how just like actually terribly, brutally violent it is. Um, well, that one, yeah. I feel like that movie really started like the, the creativity behind right, yeah. killing in yes. horror movies. I mean, you get Rose McGowan chopped in half by a by the garage opening. Like what? And she tries to crawl through a doggy door. That oh, it's so gnarly. Yeah, it's a different kind of creativity than like you would see in like Evil Dead Two or something like that, which is kind of like a like just like a beautiful bouquet of like just blood. But this is particularly there's something a little bit more sinister in the way that movie does it. Like a little bit more like the kill. Like it's not just sort of like. Limbs everywhere is fun, which is very much the vibe of Evil Dead too. Yeah, it's like it's still gratuitous, but in a clever way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not very like splattery. You know, it's not yes. cartoonish like a, uh, you know, through. You know, it's it, it's it to me it's a progression. You know, in the eighties, it's either through a lack of resources or that being the tone with like a Sam Raimi thing. It's like a lot of that's that 80s schlock is very cartoony. And this is, it's like a similar spirit, but it just looks so much more authentic. And it's that authenticity. That's a little, that's like much more frightening to me at least. Yeah. Sam Raimi has like, we were talking about when we watched um, Drag Me to Hell, like just the way he uses sound in his movies, like, uh, like you can't have a Sam Raimi death without a squelch sound, you know? And like, and, and that's that's it it's like there's a wink there's a this is funny there's kind of like you know it's like the squelch sound is both extremely graphic but it's also kind of funny and it's like that sort of summarizes that type of thing whereas the like just creative ways to just like just mangle a human body doesn't have that kind of funniness to it yeah. oh i didn't officially say my choice um but mine is, mine's also the beheading from Hereditary, simply because I like the whole movie. That's kind of the crux of the whole thing of where everything goes goes crazy from there. And reiterating what Rachel said about you, the, the, what's creepy about it isn't even necessarily the the act of the head coming off, but it's just seeing the reactions of everybody. And, and then eventually you see, you know, the ant covered head um, for a second, which is, you know, terrifying in and of itself. But um, I, yeah, that just, and the fact that it's a child. So, yeah. It's on my honorable mentions, along with the ankle stab that we talked about already. <laughs>